Welcome to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. I'm Rob Cressy, and I'm super excited to be jamming with you. And joining me today to get you ready for NFL Week 11 action is Sean Lockhart, sports betting consultant. You can follow him on Twitter at Bear. Sean, great to have you back on the show. Thanks for having me, Rob. Excited to be here. I think we got some great spots to make some cash this weekend. Yes, before we get to this week's picks, let's do a quick recap of last week. And these stats come from a man, Jason Logan. You can follow him on Twitter at CoversJLo. So favorites went nine and five against the spread last week. Home favorites, six and three. In terms of totals, six and eight to the under. Uh, division games, three and four. Here's one stat that has been standing out so much this entire year. Favorites of two and a half points or less went three and oh this week. However, on the season, they are just eight and 19. When looking at the over under totals right now, 77, 67, and three to the over. So uh, we're seeing some numbers one way or another. Oh, by the way, in terms of the uh, favorites versus underdogs, 66, 79, and one to the underdogs on the season. So I think um, we've seen at times like last week, a lot of favorites hit and it's a very chalky public thing, but dogs have been barking this year and there's always more value on the dogs. It's an interesting point. I know it's as the season progresses, as I said, last time I was on, I expect it to get closer to 50, 50, but I do love listening to those stats and just kind of keeping them in the back of your head of how either, even the previous week might have went because then a lot of people will be looking at it different angles this week. But it, it is interesting to hear. I like, I like hearing those stats. I don't put too much into them when I'm handicapping necessarily, but uh, I definitely I, I love any information I can get my hands on. But here's where this becomes relevant, and I agree with you because when favorites hit last week, guess who's got some money in their pockets right now who say, you know what? These favorites are going to win again this week, which means there is more likely to be value on these underdogs, even if we're talking a half a point or a point, or when we see some of these line movements or where's the money and where's the tickets, that's where the influence comes in. Because one of the things that we talk about often is recency bias. We love to bet against teams who just had a great week and bet on teams who had a terrible week within reason, of course, but that's where our mindset is, but the rest of the public favorites, 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 and that's how they're thinking. So that's where it's going to have an impact on you and I. I like that. And then some of my picks that I'm coming up this week are definitely some underdogs that uh, have some value, some, some buy low spots. So I like that, that it's going to, it's going to actually, I, I think there's some half points and points that we got here. So last week we did a master's podcast, so we did not have NFL picks, but I did give some out on Twitter and we did go two and one. The big Mick Moneyline parlay of the week hit had Steelers, Packers, Bucks. That was easy breezy. The Packers slightly made it uncomfortable because it was only a four point game and the back door was wide open for the Jacks to steal that. Um, pick a loser. That one was pretty easy. We had the Panthers plus five and a half. Uh, the Bucks were the team that I was on in multiple places because huge bounce back opportunity. 
And the only blemish of the week was the get comfortable being uncomfortable bet of the week. I had the 49ers plus nine. And on Twitter, I actually said, hey, is anybody going to be waiting on this game? Uh, if the 49ers get down early, you might be able to get that number above 10. And for me, I'm like, all right, let's live bet this puppy. Then the 49ers go up seven, nothing to start. Boom. There goes the value that I was looking for. The live number goes down to three and a half, but Fortunately, on my end, at halftime, the Saints came roaring back. And the halftime live betting number was 49ers plus 10 and a half. That's where I jumped on. Unfortunately, it was not a winning bet, but my process was correct. And I was able to find a way to find the value on the live betting line. I like it. The ugliest bet on the board for me this week, the, the, the being very uncomfortable this week, would be backing the Denver Broncos against the red-hot Miami Dolphins. And I love it. The, the number's up at three and a half at some books. Uh, my book doesn't even offer it yet, but I think it's due to Locke and Rippian. They don't know if Locke's going to play. But uh, my numbers, I have both those quarterbacks very similar. It's not going to change my position if Rippian starts or Locke starts. But you got the Dolphins coming in red-hot, won five straight games. The Tua hype is coming. The Tua train's coming. Now they got to go on the road, though, play in the elevation in Denver. And you look at the games 2-1 as well. He beat the Rams and the Cardinals, despite the Dolphins were outgained in both of those games. There was defensive touchdowns, and then he beat the Chargers at home. I think it's a great time to sell on this Dolphins team, back an ugly Broncos team, coming off one of the worst losses of their season, grab the three and a half points at home. I think that's a winner. That's an ugly winner right there. So let's add something to this. If you were going to give a rating scale of how gross this uncomfortable bet is for you on a zero to 100 in bonus points, if you can actually make this someone's Jersey number on the Broncos, what uncomfortable number would you give this for you? I mean, this has got to be almost a 99. The Broncos looked uh, God awful last week against one of the worst pass defenses too. Drew Locke threw three interceptions against the worst pass defense in the Raiders. Now they're playing a team that's won five straight games. That's got to be close to a 99. It's a three and a half point spread. You would think it'd be closer to a touchdown, but the Vegas, even the Vegas look headline before last week's game started was a pick. I haven't lined at one last week. It was a pick and now all of a sudden it's three and a half. So I gladly grabbed that three and a half points. I think we got a winner there situationally I'm with you because we're identifying here's this Dolphins team that's rolling, 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 good opportunity to fade. The challenge of course being Denver has looked so bad and we just don't know what's going on there, but I like your thought process. So let's get to my uncomfortable bet of the week and we are heading to Cleveland. Give me the Eagles plus three and a half taking on the Browns in by no means. Is this a vote of confidence for the Eagles? Because there is nothing that I've seen about the Eagles that gives me confidence because week in week out, they have a matchup against a team where they should smoke them in every single week. We seem to be disappointed. If I'm giving this an uncomfortable rating, give me an 87 AKA a Todd Pinkston. But here's the reasons why I'm optimistic about the Eagles this week. Number one, they're healthy or healthier. Number two, betting against the Browns is a favorite. The Browns are just two and four against the spread this season as a favorite. The Eagles on the flip side, two and one as a dog. I like getting the hook against the Browns. As we've seen in the past, the Browns win by three. That hook, it comes into play. Digging into deeper, digging in even deeper. How are the Browns going to win? Via rushing. 
Philly 13th in rush defense, according to DVOA. And here's a stat that I really like for people out there. I look at third down conversion, both on the defense and offense side of things. The Browns defense, fourth worst defensive third down conversion in the NFL. Philadelphia, 10th best. Where has the issue been with Philadelphia this year? It is actually turnover differential. They are fourth worst in the NFL at minus seven. And on the flip side, the Browns, sixth best at plus four. So the recipe for success is quite simple for Philadelphia. Don't turn the ball over. Limit the rushing on the Brown side of things. Let's keep this game within three points. Give me the Eagles plus three and a half as uncomfortable as I feel about it. It doesn't get any more uncomfortable than backing the Eagles and the Broncos this coming Sunday. I like both those numbers. They said the Browns are overrated. The Eagles are slightly overrated as well, but they're playing for a division title. still. they got a chance at the playoffs. They're they're, they're contending. They can't be any worse. I don't mind it at all. And one thing that I do like is an underdog who could win outright. Because if we came on Monday and we said, oh, the Eagles beat the Browns, is that a possibility? It certainly is because they've got the pedigree to be able to do so. I like it. I like it. All right, so let's keep things kind of gross and let's get to pick a loser. Oh, what a loser. And for me, I'm going to keep that in the division. My pick a loser is the Dallas Cowboys plus seven taking on Minnesota. And get this, Dallas's rush defense, 28th in the NFL and run DVOA. Rut row because who comes in? Dalvin Cook in the fifth best rush offense in the NFL in Minnesota. Here's another thing: Dallas's defense, fifth worst in the NFL in opponents' third down conversion. So that means teams keep on running and running and running on them. They're converting on that. But wait, there's more. The Dallas Cowboys dead last in the NFL in turnover differential at minus 13. And we're actually going to add on one more little nugget. The Dallas Cowboys dead last in the NFL one and eight against the spread on the season on the flip side, the Vikings, a surprising six and three against the spread. So while early on, everyone said the world is ending for the Vikings. They're actually one of the best teams against the spread on the season. So for those reasons, the Dallas Cowboys are my pick a loser at plus seven. That's a lot of facts right there. So when I was looking at this board to find a loser, I went a different route. I went with more of a popular team and that is the Packers. Everyone loves to get behind Aaron Rodgers, and this team got off to a hot start. But I think it's a great spot to sell on them. I'm also a lot higher than the Colts. I had a big winner last week on the Colts on Thursday. So they are coming off a Thursday night game. They're getting a little bit of extra rest. But I just trust this Colts defense a lot more than I trust the Packers defense in what should be a shootout. It's one of the higher totals on the board. It's playing indoors. But the Colts have the number one defense in yards per game in this on the season. Their defense is very underrated. When it comes to getting the big stop or the big turnover, I trust that Colts defense a lot more than I trust the Packers. I think the Colts offense is gelling at the right time too. Philip Rivers always a great regular season quarterback. He's got Akeel Hines coming out of the backfield now. Kind of like an Eckler from last year when he played with the Chargers. Kind of those short passes out of the backfield. The offense is clicking. They got three great running backs, not just Hines. I like the Colts. It's The numbers at one. I made the number three, so I think I'm getting two points of value. But I, I probably you'll find me on the money line. I think you get a cheap money line around my, minus 115, minus 116. That's probably where you'll find me. Find a lo- find a loser on the Packers. 
take the Colts money line. That would be my bet for this weekend. And what I like about having you on the podcast is you always come at things from a different angle because I'm actually seeing some two and a halfs out there in terms of this yeah. number. And this number, if it's a two and a half, is staring everybody in the face. You look at the slate of games and you're like, wait a second, Aaron Rodgers in the Packers are getting two and a half points taken on Phillip Rivers. And to go back to that stat from Jason Logan, let me say this again. Favorites of two and a half points or less on the season, just eight and 19. So putting all that together, you're like, this doesn't make sense. But I've actually got some stats to back you up there. So looking at the defense, Colts D, fourth in the NFL in DVOA. The Packers, just 16th. But Indianapolis, third worst in the NFL in third down conversion on offense. On the flip side, Packers are fourth best. So we've got sort of good defense on one side, good offense on the other side. Who's going to be the number one unit on the field, I believe, will be the decider of this game. You know, it's, I think that's why you got such a low spread right there. It's going to be a great game. But as I said, I, I like this Colts defense. And the Colts being good this year is just a hill I'm worth willing to die on. I backed them numerous times. and They made me some money. And I think this is a good spot to back them again against a team like the Packers that I think is going to be slightly overrated in this spot. So what I will say about what you just said, dying on the Colts Hill is I don't hear many people saying that because the narrative is Phillip Rivers is toast. We see the way that he tried to have that failed missed tackle on the pick six interception. And it was peak Phil Rivers. He is on brand as an athlete as it gets. So there is going to be some inherent value on the Colts because everybody T.Y. Hilton has done nothing. The running game, while good, we don't know if it's Hines. We don't know if it's Wilkins. We don't know if it's Taylor. But actually, that's a good recipe in the NFL right now because they've got interchangeable parts. I just don't feel like people want to root for the Colts. It's they're, they're a sneaky good team. That's how I've always viewed them, and I think this is the perfect spot. And as you said, having three great running backs is awesome for betting. It's, it's awful for fantasy football purposes, but, you know, they have, they have three studs back there. I think they're going to pound the rock, and Phillip Rivers will make his short passes. He'll get it done, and uh, hopefully they get the W come Sunday. And will you use great running back loosely, of course? Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> so let's get to our big Mick Moneyline Parlay of the Week. I see they got the big Mac. I got the big Mick. Our goal of this bet is just to produce a winning bet. And for me, I'll get this party started with a three-teamer that pays out plus 104. Plus 104 and this is pretty easy-peasy for me. Give me the Vikings money line, Steelers money line taking on the Jags, and Chiefs money line in a bounce back game taking on the Raiders. And I actually looked in the college ranks to see if I could sprinkle in some other things to make this juicier. Didn't find anything I liked. And I do want to mention one thing. I purposely left out the Chargers who are taking on the Jets. We can get to that game in a second, but there is something about the Chargers that I do not trust that I did not want to include them on the money line. So for me, Vikings, Steelers, Chiefs, money line parlay. And I, I'm right there with you. I put together three as well. The Steelers, I think, are as easy as it comes. I, I loved uh, your, your coach had a great line. Like, it's not a college trap game where there's an SEC team going to play like a max school. It's not a trap game. It's the Steelers are undefeated. They're playing a team that's far, far below with on their backup quarterback. Love Steelers in there. I do trust the Chargers, so I did put the Chargers in there. I think the Jets are on pace to not, maybe not even win a game, at least not with Flacco playing. 
get that number one pick. And I did go to college for the last one. I took the Oregon Ducks, and that pays about even with those three teams. Oregon's far superior to UCLA. Uh, you take them on the money line at home. Uh, th- those three teams, was, it was close to even odds. So that was my big, uh, big money line parlay that should deliver come uh, Saturday and Sunday. So let's talk about that Steelers game real quick because they are laying 10 on the road, taking on Jacksonville. And my biggest trepidation in this game, we know that there's this huge difference between these two teams, but as a Steelers fan, the Jaguars have had the Steelers number in weird ways. And when looking at look ahead games that you mentioned that that doesn't really exist, except for the fact that on Thursday, Thanksgiving, the Steelers play the Ravens in what will be another game of the year type thing for them. So for me, it is the Ravens on deck that really, um, is of note. I'm not going to say it concerns me um, because we've seen uh, the Steelers. We've heard the narrative historically plays down to their competition. And that's not always true, but it was true against Dallas. This to me is just a be careful type basis. I think they're going to win. Do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I I don't even see the Jaguars, at least talent wise, even comparable to the Cowboys. I mean, the Cowboys at that time had a a terrible quarterback and injuries, but the the Jaguars defense, I I don't even see them as good as the Cowboys. So I'm just not too worried about it at all. And after listening to your big money line parlay, I do love the Chiefs. I think when I was putting mine together, the Chiefs line was off the board and it's still off the board at some books. But I, I love the Chiefs this weekend, too. It, it, there's there's all kinds of trends and everyone, oh, this team's 5-0 and on Tuesday afternoons. And I, I mostly don't pay attention to trends. I, I think most of them are useless. But there is one that I, I do look at, and that's Andy Reid off a of bye. And I think there is something to that. He's had great success. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but he's one of the best winningest coaches against the spread off a of bye when he has two weeks to prepare. So I love getting a fully rested Chiefs team. And also the revenge angle, too, coming off – that team beat them last time they played. I, I, love the, I love the Chiefs minus seven. I can't even bet it yet because my book doesn't offer it, but I love the Chiefs minus seven. I love the money line. I know everyone's going to throw them in the teaser, but I, I love throwing them in the money line as well. So I, I like that pick from you. And I'm on board with you on that. There are some sprinkles of six and a half. If you can find it somewhere, um, the line for this game, when they first played chiefs by 11 in arrowhead and some things of note, the Raiders, they are riding as high as can be. They've won three straight and covered in each of those games. And here's the thing that stands out to me about this game. The most the Raiders defense or a lack thereof. 21st in the NFL in DVOA. And here comes to town, a Chiefs team looking for revenge. I will be on the Chiefs this weekend. I uh, think it seems like everyone's going to be on it. And that's always, they're going to throw teasers and money line parlays. And I understand that. But I just, I think it's a great spot. I just think it's an awesome spot. I, I think the Chiefs come out and win by two touchdowns. I really do. A fully rested Super Bowl champion, hungry for revenge on the fast track to playing in a dome. Mm. Mahomes is going to have a big, big day. All right, here's another game I want to jam about. Ravens minus six and a half taking on the Titans. And I don't know if I believe in this Titans team. And looking at Baltimore, this is as low as we've seen Baltimore in more than a year and a half right now because heading into the season, here comes Superman. Here's a team that people think can go 13-3. and Now all of a sudden, there's a little bit of kryptonite. They lose to the Steelers. Now they lose to the Patriots coming off this loss. People are questioning Lamar Jackson and all of these different things. And it seems from a situational spot right now that this is the lowest 
that we could buy Baltimore that we've seen in the last year and a half. And to add some stats to these things that really stand out to me, let's look at the Titans defense second worst in the NFL in third down percentage given up. They're giving up over 53% of third downs. That is terrible. On the flip side, the Ravens defense, second best in the NFL, 33%. But here has been the key for Tennessee all season, turnover differential. They lead the NFL in turnover differential at plus 10. And when the Ravens have struggled, it is when Lamar Jackson turns the ball over. So the key to this game for the Ravens to win is don't turn that ball over. I like what you made. It's, it's the ultimate buy low spot on the Ravens. And I excuse that Steelers loss. And then the Patriots loss too. That was a weather game. I know everyone was, it was a primetime game. So everyone saw that last drive. I mean, you couldn't even see probably 10 feet in front of you with that rain. So there is a bit to excuse from that Ravens offensive performance. And I love how you brought up the Titans. That's a big reason why I backed the Colts last Thursday against them. They have been one of the luckiest teams in the NFL this year. Like there are some drills, some teams that strip the ball a little bit better, but when you're number one in the NFL in turnover ratio, there's a bit of luck that goes into that. And that luck tends to even out over the season. I do think this is a good spot to get behind the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. It's not a must win, I should say, but I think you'll get their best effort from Harbaugh and uh, they'll show up come Sunday. And I want to reiterate what you just said, because it's a very important thing for sports betting mindset. It's around turnovers. Good teams do force turnovers, but turnovers are also something that is not as repeatable. Sure, you can find the peanut Tillmans of the world who are ball hawks, who are good at it. But from a regression standpoint, teams that force these turnovers is not as likely, albeit if we're looking at a team like the Cowboys that are turnover machines, you can see it. But it is one stat where you may not be able to count on forcing three turnovers a game moving forward. No, exactly. That's you got to look at all those stats because it does regress towards the mean as the season goes along and you can capitalize on that big time. A lot of teams are a little bit overrated due to some luck. You got to find the angle for that. Sean, any final thoughts or anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to include? Uh, maybe I, I always love backing teams coming off a buy. That's just a, a long for the last two decades. I've been betting sports coming off a buy in the NFL is always an advantage. The other team we didn't talk about is the Atlanta Falcons. They're coming off a buy and everyone kind of wants to jump on their bandwagon. I think that number is shrinking going against the saints who are not going to have breeze, but if there is a team that can do well without drew breeze or their starting quarterback, it is the saints. Even last year when uh, Drew Brees got hurt, Bridgewater came in and had a lot of success against the spread. It just be, be wary on that one. That's all I'm going to say is I, I usually would blindly back a team off a of bye as well, but tread lightly with the Saints. They got one of the best backups in the league with James Winston and then also Hill throwing some unique wildcat looks in there. So just be wary of that game. I agree. For me, that would be a better live betting game because Mm -hmm. Atlanta is the team that will ruin your Sunday because of how frustrating they are. It looks oh so juicy. Here's the great opportunity for them to come in. No Drew Brees. This is when the Falcons can be the Falcons. But I do not trust the Falcons on the road, period. We have learned that week after week, year after year. Sure, they'll win some of them, but everybody's got a story in which they were on the Falcons and they inexplicably did something like the Chargers. So for me, this would be a live bet game, not a putting money ahead of time. I'm right there with you. I'm going to be waiting for that live bet. Uh, going to be first team to score, probably go the other way. It always seems like a it's a good spot and games that you think are going to be right on the line for sure. Sean really enjoyed jamming with you. Where can everybody connect with you? 
I'm on Twitter, D-A, duh, real Papa Bear, P-A-P-A Bear. Check sports all the time. Now we got those stories you can put on Instagram, put out bets all the time. So follow me. And if you have any questions, just reach out. And I want to hear from you. What is on your week 11 NFL card? Do you have a pick a loser, a big Mick money line parlay of the week or a get comfortable being uncomfortable bet? You can hit me up on Twitter at Rob Cressy. Make sure to use hashtag sharp 600 and be part of our community. And also make sure to tag at covers. And I want to give a big shout out to everybody who gives us a rating and review on iTunes. We love it. It helps discovery and bring more people in. And I want to give a shout out to Chicago D 17 who gave five stars and said informative and entertaining. I've listened for a few years. I feel Rob and his guests are very honest about their approach they openly admit the goal is to stay just above 50% and don't make ridiculous claims about beating the house. They provide different techniques and strategies to evaluate lines. I listen to become more informed on how lines are built and what moves them. I find this to be much more valuable than one person's weekly picks. The anecdotes and humorous stories they share reminds you that they also get stuck on bad beats and backdoors like everyone else. Chicago D17, I thank you so much for that. We really appreciate it. And you know what? Your comments very much show me that you're listening and applying because those are very thoughtful things. And Sean, that is exactly what I want people to take from this, that we are not just a picks podcast, that we want to teach you how to fish, to think about how to evaluate these lines. I think that's perfectly stated of a review. And I, I mean, decade ago, I'd be listening to podcasts just like this. And it just teaches you, I mean, I don't want everyone to bet every single thing I say. If you found a piece of information, use that in your own handicap. And that's just, I love about the, just around around 55% as well, because that's the truth. It is hard to be close to 60%. I've been doing this. I've been running my county business now for six years. And my biggest bet is right around 59%. Probably all the picks right around 54.3%. And that's me spending all my time doing it. And that's the real, I'm not on your 90%. I love that. I love that the betting population, more people are understanding that. And I think as sports betting gets legalized state by state, uh, I, I love podcasts that actually they're not saying they're going to win 90% of the time. Is that just BS? So right on, right on, Rob. And remember, if you want to be a sharp, don't be a square with your bankroll. Be disciplined with your money management. The book of the devil hits you with the rap level of 10. The one, two, three, your pen. I get action. So everybody jump with your rump. If you like the way the sound pump, pump it in your black trunk. And let loose with the juice when I do rock. I'm too hot. Some say I got more juice than Tupac.